Hi, we're the Mind-Body Couple. I'm Tanner Murtaugh. And I'm Anne Hampson. And this podcast is dedicated to helping you unlearn neuroplastic pain and mind-body concerns. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome back. We have so much to update everyone about. (laughs) That's true. Yeah, we thought we'd give a little bit of an update because our life has been pretty hectic. It's been hectic. And we missed a week. This is the first week that we've ever missed since starting this podcast. I know. It felt a little bit, it felt a little bit strange, to be honest. It is. That's surprising because you, Tanner, suggested we miss a week. And usually, not that I'm like encouraging Tanner not to work, but usually I'm encouraging him to not be like a perfectionist. So I was surprised when you said that. Yeah. And lots led up to this. So (laughs) typically, you know, we, we pre-record our episodes Yes, and we were going to record one last Friday Yeah, before we basically went away, Mm -hmm. but all these things happened. The, you know, I, I had to do quite a bit of my own healing work in terms of everything that took place, just dominoes falling over. Yeah. And it was all unexpected things. And that's the thing. Like when I think about life, there's always unexpected yeah. things and that's what really throws us for a loop. And it's kind of a test of like, okay, how are we going to respond? Yeah. And our, our healing gets tested. Anyone yeah. who's been on a journey to, you know, unlearn their chronic pain or symptoms, life happens sometimes. And we just have to do our best to create feelings of safety as we work through. So now that we've built the suspense up, what happened (laughs) was a hailstorm happened Mm -hmm. and it just destroyed our house. Like all of the siding is... the roof, all of it, it's just fallen apart. Yeah. And not just us. Like I think like our whole neighborhood really got it. Yeah, this has never happened to us before. So we're dealing with insurance people. Mm -hmm. It's stressful. And Mm -hmm. it's actually gone quite smoothly, but it's stressful because, you know, it's your home. And I think personally, I felt like sadness over it. Um, Definitely some fear, some, some anger at points. It's been a bit of a whirlwind of emotions for myself. Well, and I think like when that happened, you have to respond immediately. So like doing this podcast we just we just couldn't because yeah. then we went away on vacation as well so yeah it was just chaos yeah so our house got hit by hail yeah dealing with insurance people <laughs> my my car got wrecked as well yeah. it was parked yes. on the road and then i got sick mm. and then our daughter got sick yeah and then i'm like we're moving sessions around we're yeah. trying to and we're planning on going on vacation so anyways all of this happened and we were just unable to do it. Yeah. I had to make the firm. Well, we could have done it, but it would have been at a real major cost to my own well-being. Well, because the stress, that's right. So think stress and pressure would have been so high to get everything done that yeah. something had to kind of give a little. Yeah. But we're back well, this we, week. <laughs> yes, we are back. But which is why I want to say, Tanner, like I'm so 
proud of you mm-hmm. in some ways for like letting up the pressure when yeah. that's hard to do. Right? Oh yeah. So I think it was a really smart decision. It was smart, but it's hard. Yeah. And anyone who's a perfectionist mm-hmm. has that coping no, mechanism. Yeah. Like feels it right now as we're talking. <laughs> totally. They're like, I, I'm not giving anything up because it's, it is, it's a challenge, it but is. it's a good challenge. It's good exposure. hundred percent. Yeah. And you know, this kind of ties into the topic that we want to discuss today. Mm. And this is one of the things that I hope answers lots of questions this, okay. this episode because I get so many questions about how do I t- attend to my emotions? Yeah. How do I attend to my nervous system? How do I build a relationship with my nervous system? You know, the new term, it's not that new that lots of people use is embodied. Mm-hmm. How do I become embodied? Mm-hmm. And we know when we're healing from chronic pain and symptoms, we need to become connected to our body. Yes. And this is kind of the, the definition not all of this is my definition, by the way. I pulled from many different sources, <laughs> kind of mixed and mashed it together. But when we talk about embodiments, embodiment is when we're deeply connected with our physical felt sense, which includes bodily and visceral sensations, senses, movements, emotions, and autonomic state. And it's when we begin to live life through our physical body and nervous system instead of solely through our cognitive and mental processes. So if you had to like pick not two words, but a few words to describe that in its simplest form, because I think you described it really beautifully, Mm -hmm. but if you had to really kind of like, okay, this is the gist of it. What would you say? In a real simple way, Mm -hmm. it's about learning to be in your body and not just when you meditate 20 minutes a day or do a somatic practice 20 minutes a day. It's learning to be in your body and be with your nervous system and move through life in that way. Okay. So that's an interesting point. You're, you're distinguishing it away from just those practices. Can those practices be a part of it? Yes. They help us practice this. And we're going to, you know, today's, topic we're going to talk about somatic basics okay and learning how to be in our body with a sense of safety that's what we're focusing on and all these practices that we do even with things like somatic tracking for pain or symptoms that's a practice we're practicing being more in our body and so becoming embodied like you know living life through your nervous system and your body instead of just always being in your head thinking takes time Okay. And it sounds like you're saying it's a bit more than those practices. It's a way of being. Yeah. And those practices help facilitate that process to be, to become. This is really important for healing chronic pain and symptoms. Any, any mind body program is helping you become more embodied without a doubt, because when you're disconnected from your body, What's going to happen is you're going to be completely unaware of your emotions, your autonomic states, and you're not going to be picking up these internal signals of safety or danger that your body's sending you. And when we don't do that, then we just keep pushing through life. So for example, with the vacation and, you know, everything falling apart before it. (laughs) <laughs> the old me would have been so disconnected that I was becoming overwhelmed yes. and I would have just kept pushing through and pushing through until pain or symptoms 
or like a panic attack hits. And then all of a sudden I'm really aware of what's happening, but that's not the case. It was building the entire time. And so by being more able to attend somatically, it can actually help us heal from, you know, chronic pain and chronic symptoms. Right. And that makes sense. And it makes a lot of sense that we need to have that somatic focus. Mm-hmm. as well and not and it be a consistent way of tuning into ourselves yeah it's like you're consistently checking in mm-hmm. and not just you know from one time a day that you choose to dive in there and we we get we're better at this with you know pleasant moments yes when we're enjoying not everyone but for a lot of people when we're enjoying ourselves we're really good at tending to our body and being like this feels really nice um on our vacation, I, I tried, uh, oh, what's it called? Paddle boarding. Yes. I tried paddle boarding for the first time. <laughs> I fell so many times, but, but it was, and my son was in like this little kayak, this toy kayak beside me. That was a moment where it was really easy to be in my body. Right. Because I, I was enjoying myself. I was in the sun. It was this playful moment. And that is much more easy for me to attend to, but it's, the whole spectrum we need to be aware of as we're going about things. Mm -hmm. And I think the more we practice these different things of helping us connect with our body and these activities, the more natural that will become. And we always talk about that in terms of practice and consistency. And so it is just starting to kind of check in and view healing in this somatic way. Mm -hmm. And the other thing that happens is if we're not attending somatically to ourselves, is then we're just excessively in our head. Yes. That's where we go. We're excessively in fear thoughts a lot of the time, or we're obsessing and we're preoccupied. And all of that's going to put your whole nervous system on high alert chronically. Yeah, and I hear that from people a lot, that just the tendency to always be kind of stuck in rumination, in this obsessive spiral, in our heads, and it's almost like tending to the body is foreign. And we need to, and I know we've said this before in other podcasts, but we need to kind of give credit to both. We need to spend time in both areas. Yeah, and so I've kind of put together a few different things for this episode. Yeah. Some basic things to keep in mind as you're starting to attend to yourself somatically. Again, I'm going to say them in a certain order. They don't necessarily have to go in this order. These are just elements to more of a somatic practice. And I'm pulling, I, I pulled from, you know, pain reprocessing therapy and somatic experiencing and polyvagal theory, just kind of mixing all of this together to give people an understanding of this is how we go about this. And I think, and when we're working with people, this is something that we focus on a lot is a lot of these elements are in the background as we're teaching people to be more in their body. Yeah. Yeah. And it's finding what works for you, what you connect with, what ways of connecting with your body feels safe for you. Yeah. So we'll start this off. Number one, Mindfulness of internal sensations. Identify, describe, and drop in. Mm-hmm. I think that's like the foundation, really, mm-hmm. in terms of like, okay, what is happening internally and be able to recognize that. That makes sense. Yeah. And it's identifying and being able to differentiate. Am I feeling pain? Mm-hmm. Am I feeling symptoms? Is there certain emotions taking place? Or is it more your autonomic state? 
Are you feeling safe or in fight or flight or in freeze or potentially in shutdown? And so it's being able to identify like what's taking place yes. in my body. Because when I was in pain, this wasn't that easy to do. Why was it so difficult for you? Because I was so laser focused on the pain. Mm. And so that was it. That's really all I would notice until I started more of a mind-body approach. That's all I really was aware of. And so it's becoming, being able to identify, you know, what am I feeling in my body? And a simple practice to do is just scanning from the top of your head really slowly to the bottom of your feet and noticing like what sensations am I feeling? As you started to learn that, Tanner, were you noticing like what was coming to mind? What were you seeing that wasn't just about the pain? Yeah, I was becoming more aware of emotions that were underneath. Okay. Or my autonomic state yeah. that was underneath. Like what my nervous system felt like at that point. And then, you know, we moved to describing. Describing it a bit. Why is describing important? Because it helps us explore. Mm. It helps us start to get in touch. Instead of just saying pain or instead of just saying anxiety or instead of just saying, you know, sadness. Yes. It's describing a bit what you're feeling. And so are your muscles feeling tense or loose? Do they feel hot or cold? Is it burny, tingly, pressury, stabby? Like what are the sensations like? And starting to do this, you know, you'll start to notice trends with yourself of how you actually feel throughout the day as you go about things or what stress feels like in your body typically. Mm -hmm. And all this is about developing that relationship with your body and understanding with your body. Mm -hmm. And so, but stars, and I like your, what, what you're saying with the describing, because it's that curiosity of like, okay, I really, I want to know what's going on. Yeah. Um, and, and really explore that. I like that. Yeah. And then we drop in. Okay. So what's dropping in? Dropping in, I know this is such an abstract term. Okay. Um, it is because what you're doing is essentially you're trying to shift more from your thinking. Mm -hmm. And I almost imagine like each time you exhale, at least this is how it works for me. Each time you exhale, you practice just moving into your body, like moving slowly towards the sensations. Mm. That's the idea. And this kind of leads to step number two. Before we okay. get to step number two, though, I think we should kind of mention with the dropping in, because you're right, it is very abstract. It's a different experience for everybody. Mm -hmm. But I want to kind of highlight not for our listeners out there, not to think too hard about am I dropping in correctly? Yeah. I think that can be a piece where people can get stuck on a little bit. Yeah. And so I like the idea of dropping in is just going from head into body, whatever that might be for you. Yeah. And, you know, the experience is going to be different person to person. Yeah. And you're right. People end up in this spiral where they're trying to do it perfectly. Yes. And they're thinking, am I dropping in? And am I in my body right, right. now? <laughs> And then if you're asking yourself that, you're probably not in your body because you're in your <laughs> That's mind. That's a good sign. Yeah, yeah, it's a good sign you're not in your body at that yeah. point because you're in your mind overanalyzing it. And so, you know, it becomes more apparent with step number two. Okay, okay. Which is explore an approach. Yes. And here, you know, we're starting to explore even more. This is similar in somatic tracking. For example, when you're being curious and interested. 
you're being curious and interested in both the pleasant and the unpleasant sensations. Mm -hmm. And you're actually spending time exploring not just the big sensations, the intense ones, but all the subtleties that are taking place. That's what we want to start doing is like actually exploring. I know something you ask and lots of the time is, you know, what color is the sensation? Yeah. It's a great way to think about it. Like, what's the color like? I, you know, in somatic experiencing, in somatic experiencing, they talk about it in terms of, you know, what's the color? What's the shape, size, texture? Where does it start or end? Like you can really get to know it in in a really vivid way. Yeah. That's what we're trying to build. And why, like looking at the sensation and exploring it that way, why is that helpful in terms of like when you're dropped into your body? It's helpful because you're getting more connected. Mm -hmm. And so by actually exploring in this way, you're being curious and interested. And that's going to help you connect with your internal state. And then the next thing is actually approaching. Mm -hmm. And what does approaching look like? Approaching is similar to how we have people drop in. It's seeing like, can I slowly approach and sit with the sensation in my body? Which is a difficult thing to do. It can be really scary for a lot of people. Well, and you mentioned exploring kind of negative emotions or negative sensations. And so that would be scary when we're talking about, okay, spending time there now. Yeah. And sitting with it because sometimes people are surprised they can sit with more sensation in their body than they think. Mm -hmm. Sometimes not. Yeah. But it's important to see like, how, how do you respond internally as you sit with it? Because other things will start to shift and change and be different as you do that. Yeah. Now, the next step, and it's not really a step, you're doing this the whole time, but step number three is titration. Yeah. And they talk about this in somatic tracking. It's the idea of like, what's the right amount of sensation or stimulation you can attend to before you start to get really dysregulated in your nervous system. And how would someone know that they're kind of at that point where it's like, okay, this is my line. Yeah. And this is where a bit of that exploring takes place because if you're starting to have like a high fight or flight response, yes, that's a good sign. If that anxiety or anger or frustration is starting to rise, that's a good sign. The titration is too high. And something I tell people is some amount of anxiety is all right. Because we're exposing ourselves to something that's new, that's different, that might be a bit uncomfortable. But that's right when it's getting too high and it's just becoming too much into panic mode. Yeah. And we'll talk about in the next step what people can do around that. Yeah. But that's the first thing is you want to make sure the titration's right. Mm -hmm. Whether you're doing any somatic work, whether you're doing somatic tracking, because otherwise we end up feeling more unsafe in our body. Yes. And I think it's important to know also doing this in small doses is still good because sometimes people are like, Oh, I can only do it for a minute. I can only do it for 30 seconds. That's good. That's not bad. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. People get frustrated because they feel like the somatic work's taking too long. Mm. 
And then they try to force the titration to be higher than where they're actually at. Why do you think it's common to get frustrated with the progress with this? Yeah, I think it's natural. I think especially with mind-body work and we talk about perfectionism, mm-hmm. we talk about yeah. high TV, like these coping mechanisms we naturally fall into. We want things quick. Mm-hmm. We think that we can just hard work our way through it. It doesn't function like that. No. And the other thing to watch out for that the titration would be too high is your nervous system starting to shut down. So you're starting to feel numb. Mm-hmm. You're starting to feel disconnected, right? Dissociative almost. Spacey. Yeah. Those are good signs that it's too much and you're naturally checking out. Yes. And when you have that, it's okay to go back to grounding. It's okay to do different things and then just try again exactly. later and, and then just feel it out. Yeah. And the right amount of titration is important mm-hmm. because it, it allows you to build safety with the sensations in your body. Yes. That's it. Whether you're doing trauma work, whether you're doing just work with anxiety or depression, or you're doing more work with chronic pain and symptoms, you, you want the titration to be right because it builds safety. And even if you can only attend, like you said, Anne, for 30 seconds, mm-hmm. that will build over time. Yes. But you need to allow yourself the space to start where you're at. For sure. And it is just that conscious exposure of like, okay, I'm going to drop into my body now. I'm going to explore those sensations. I'm doing that with a conscious mind. And so, and then that does build up. Yeah. And this kind of leads to, I've lost count. We did three, right? We're at Mm -hmm. four. Mm -hmm. Number four. Yeah. I should have numbered these. I'm realizing this. (laughs) (laughs) Number four, resources. All right. I like resources. People want resources. Resources. Everyone wants resources. Yeah, (laughs) this is good. This is anything that allows you to somatically have a deeper connection to the here and now. And prevents you from starting to feel really disorganized inside. And I like this. So as we go through some of this list, I think... Each of the people that are listening, jot down what you like, what you want to try, what you want to explore with these resources. Mm-hmm. You know, resources, they're things that allow us to have a calmness mm-hmm. inside. These are going to be different person to person, and they can be internal or external. Yeah. Being in nature really works well for people. Yeah. Why do you think this is a good resource? Well, being in nature, there's some cool studies that show that it naturally helps our nervous system regulate. And so I think for a lot of people, they, they unconsciously are moved towards that. Mm-hmm. And that works well. Like go do somatic work on a bench for 20 minutes out in the park. That might actually create a, a easier, an easier way for you to feel safe and connected as you do this. And this is one I think, Tanner, that I see you exploring a lot lately is being in nature. More and more, it seems to be something that you want to do, something that's helped kind of regulating you, something that's helped connecting you to your body. Exactly. And, you know, it's kind of this external resource that we could use. Mm -hmm. It could be things like cuddling with your partner. Yeah. Watching your favorite TV show. This next one I like, you have drinking a hot drink. I actually use this a lot. It is comforting. I even to the point, and I'm sure lots of other people, I'm not alone here, but I have like different mugs I like, and that's part of like the comfort of it. And then I like feeling the hot drink and it just makes me feel calm and safe. Yeah. I put that on there because I knew, I knew you you, you like that (laughs) one. That's so funny. But you know, we'll take a little 
you know, detour here, but Anne drinks her tea at night. <laughs> and you know who also really likes Anne's tea? Is Harry. Oh, yeah. Harry this, is. This doesn't help me feel like calm and, and nice in my body when that happens because our cat Harry, yeah, sticks his hands in my teacup all the time. Yeah. And so, drinks it. And drinks it, yeah. It's <laughs> the weirdest thing. Yeah, I know. It's so frustrating. And he doesn't do it with coffee. I would probably have a way better, like, calming body connected than mind-body connection if Harry wasn't uh, around my teacup. <laughs> yeah. Every night it happens. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a nightly thing. <laughs> yeah, and something I do as a resource is Qigong. Yeah, why does that help you? How does that help you? I like the slow movement and breathing. Mm-hmm. It naturally connects me to a calm state in my body. But lots of people will use like certain types of breathing will do this for you. But I think internally we can do this as well, even with our senses. Okay. Like listening to the sounds around you. Yes. Or letting your eyes kind of explore a room or being outside. Or I always talk about like soothing touch, which we've talked about on this podcast before. Mm-hmm. Right? Like allowing yourself to soothe by putting your hand on your chest or giving yourself a self hug. And soothing touch is something that a lot of people have talked to me about not necessarily doing. And so that can be really new um, and and foreign. But it's interesting because I think we naturally go out to touch others when we want to soothe someone else. And so doing that for ourselves and just kind of giving ourselves a nice hug or our hand on our chest um, is instinctual, but not necessarily when it comes to us. Yes. Another great one is visualizing like a happy memory. Mm -hmm. So if people are getting really overwhelmed internally as they're doing somatic work, you could shift to focusing on a pleasant memory from the past or visualizing your favorite person, place, or animal. This is a really great resource that they use in PRT, but they also use in somatic experiencing. It's just well known to pull people back to a safe and connected place. Now, we could also focus on attending to a pleasant or calm sensation in the body. Yes. And we've talked about this before, but not everything in your body typically feels unpleasant all at once. Mm-hmm. Usually, if you scan your body, you could find an area that feels more calm or at ease. Would that be? So when we do that, because you might argue or people might think that that's avoiding the other sensations. So what would you say to that? Yeah, I don't view it as avoidance. And I've heard Alan Gordon talk about how avoidance is more like you're running away from something. Mm. But when you're leaning into something pleasant or enjoyable, you're running towards something. Okay, I like that. And I like that. I like when Mm. he explains that. Because, you know, all these resources we've talked about, I want people to use guilt-free. Yes. This is the idea. Like we, we want to use these resources. It's going to help you be able to attend to all sensations in your body by using them when you need to. Yes. So let's move on to number five. Yeah, good. I got it right that yeah. time. Number five, pendulation. So this is a somatic experiencing concept. It's a little bit fancy. It is fancy. So what does like what does pendulation mean? Yeah, so pendulation is the ebb and flow of your nervous system. 
happy, where basically you can experience more energy and you can experience less energy in this kind of rhythm that takes place. Naturally, our nervous system does this. It will expand with more energy and it will contract with less energy. And so what I mean by this is your system will mobilize. When we talk about sympathetic, fight or flight, mobilize, getting more energy, it, it needs that. We need that to survive. But then naturally, it can shrink again. It can contract and we have less energy. And, and you do this beautifully throughout your day. You do this naturally. Everyone listening, Anne's nervous system is, is well regulated a lot of the time. <laughs> wow. And that, I, and you allow your system to do this and you just follow it. Where if you're tired, you'll just rest. You won't keep pushing through. Mm-hmm. You'll just rest. You'll give yourself the space. And then when you have a burst of energy, you'll go do things. So when we think of the pendulation, is it kind of tending to either of those states and going with that flow a little bit? It's going with it because we're not going to force this. Everything we've talked about thus far does this, Yeah. right? Like using resources, having the right titration, all of this allows your nervous system to naturally pendulate. It naturally has this ebb and flow of energy up and down. And unfortunately, when we experience chronic pain or chronic symptoms or trauma, our system is no longer doing that. Yeah. We're either in this high fight or flight or free shutdown mode, and that's it. So we either have high energy or we're completely collapsed. And so it's teaching the system to pendulate. Yeah. And by doing, you know, all the steps that we've mentioned before this, you allow yourself, your system, the space to basically pendulate naturally. Okay. And that's what we're trying to work towards um, because that's kind of what's, what's going to help regulate your nervous system over time. Yeah. And so, again, you won't force this to happen, but I've experienced it as my nervous system became more regulated. It naturally starts to do this. Even before we did this podcast, it's what time is it right now? It's three o'clock. I I had like a little break outside for 15 minutes where I just like lied on a lawn chair and hung out. The old version of me wouldn't have done that because I wouldn't have been aware, oh, I'm feeling kind of low energy right now. Maybe I should rest. (laughs) There was no awareness before. But naturally, I'm more aware of my system and what it needs as I'm as I'm moving through my day. And this speaks to, like, as we do this and as we put in these steps in this work, that it becomes more natural. And yeah. so, again, it's that evidence that, okay, there might not be giant results right away, but keep doing this and it becomes more consistent. Yeah. So, the final step, number six, mm-hmm. accepting and allowing. Yeah. So, over time, we're working towards accepting and allowing all sensations in our body to occur. Yes. And I really like that because it means no sensations are necessarily wrong or bad. Yeah. There is no bad sensation. Yes. They're all just, you know, pleasant or unpleasant. Mm-hmm. And that's completely fine. Mm-hmm. You know, we put this lens on like if they're good or bad. Right. But all sensations, we want to work towards accepting and allowing everything to take place in our body where we're not resisting it. Yes. But that takes time. Yes. That is again, something that takes time. You're right. But it takes this, this view of it takes the pressure off when we're just accepting and allowing. 
Yeah, it takes the pressure off and it can be really healing for myself. Like when I've come to places of accepting my emotions from where they're, where they are and what I'm feeling, that has been really healing. It was really healing for my pain and symptoms Yeah, as I was recovering. And so this was our somatics basics episode and and now i feel like to recap we're going to try to go through and list all six again with the right number yeah with the right number in the future i promise (laughs) the viewers and and that i will number these so wait is embodiment one well no no embodiment is kind of the whole you know it's kind of what we're working at i think we should still recap embodiment quickly yeah so we'll give you that definition again that we kind of wrote out there so embodiment is when we are deeply connected with our physical felt sense which includes bodily and visceral sensations senses movements emotions and autonomic state it is when we begin living life through our physical body and nervous system instead of solely through our cognitive or mental processes yes And so to do this, these are the steps. And again, I want to remind people, it's not in an exact order. You could be all over the place here. And so number one, mindfulness of internal sensations. Identify, describe, and drop in. Number two, explore and approach. Number three, titration. Number four, resources. Number five, pendulation. And then finally, number six, accepting and allowing. Wonderful. We made it through. Yeah, we did. <laughs> well, I, uh, we're back on schedule. Yeah. We're having podcasts. So yeah. we look forward to speaking with you all next week. Talk to you next time. Thanks for listening. If you want to book in a session with one of our therapists, you can go to our website at painpsychotherapy.ca. You can also follow us on Instagram at painpsychotherapy, where me and Anne are posting content daily and are there to respond to your comments. Also, check out our YouTube channel, which is named Tanner Murtaugh MSW RSW.